Hey everybody, this is Anna. So, um, yeah, I did, wow, um, there's been a lot of news, um, just so much news between, um, Wednesday and Friday. So, like, I usually record this podcast, um, that is the Monday episode of the podcast, um, usually on Saturday, maybe I'll record, like, the first segment on Fridays every now and then, you know, but definitely on Saturdays, and today is Saturday, the 13th of March, um, and I am telling you, and usually on Thursdays and Fridays is kind of when I'm like gathering to see if there's any news or, you know, if there's any topics I even want to talk about, you know, um, don't get me wrong. Like I do have a list of like a whole bunch of topics I do want to talk about at some point on the podcast, but like Thursdays and Fridays are kind of like the day when I'm really just like looking to see, you know, especially for news. And I am telling you between Wednesday and Friday. There has been just so much news, and I have actually recorded this three times already. This is no, this is sorry, this is my third time recording all this because, like, I just have to keep narrowing the news down because there's so much. Because otherwise, this podcast is going to be an ungodly length of time. Like, there has just been that much news. Like, it it, it has been insane. And so, yeah, I have narrowed it down. Hopefully, it's the last time I'll be recording this um, little segment here. Um, and yeah, you know, um, seeing that this is my third time, I am just going to dive straight into news. Um, so the first one is a story is from Pink News. EU declared LGBT plus freedom zone in response to Poland's heinous LGBT free zones. Now let's put it into concrete action. Yeah, so let's see. The European... Okay, um, let's see. The move by the European Parliament comes two years after the first local authority in Poland declared itself an LGBTIQ free zone. Since March 2019, more than 100 regions, counties, and municipalities in Poland had declared themselves to be free from LGBT plus ideology, quote on quote. But now MEPs have voted to declare the EU a LGBTIQ freedom zone in a symbolic protest against the discriminatory policies promoted in Poland. The European Parliament adopted a resolution by 492 votes in favor, 141 against, and 46 absent, um, absent, absentations. The resolution declares that LGBT plus people should... Sorry. LGBT plus people everywhere in the EU should enjoy the freedom to live and publicly show their sexual orientation and gender identity without fear of intolerance, discrimination, and persecution. It adds authorities at all levels of governance across the EU should protect and promote equality and the fundamental rights of all, including LGBTIQ persons. Terry Reinsky Rinke, I am not. I don't know how to pronounce that. A German MEP called for other governments to use the declaration of the EU as an LGBTIQ freedom zone as the first step towards more inclusion. She wrote on Twitter, let's put it into concrete political action. Better laws, better enforcement, better protection. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Back to EU resolution before it went to a debate on Thursday, March 11th. She tweeted that being, <clears throat> being yourself is not an ideology, it's your identity. Exactly. Okay, this is this is one of the great um, conservative talking points. That being LGBT is an ideology. Now, it's blatantly, provably, demonstrably false. Like, no one, like, like, seriously, like, how does anyone come up with that? But there's a reason for it. There is one reason why they call it an ideology. It's so they can remove the humanity from LGBT people. Because remember, because first off, um, they view any minority. I want to make that clear. Any minority. Black, brown, LGBT, whatever. You know, disabled as subhuman. And the reason they view us as subhuman and even maybe demons at times is because 
well, we scare them. And the reason for that is because that means that if we're different, especially from them, you know, our straight, white, cisgender, um, Christian overlords, um, that they can't, con it's harder for them to control us because they don't understand us, nor do they want to understand us. Because remember, they, all they care about is power. And what's the best way to have power? To have everyone basically the exact same. LGBT people, people of color, disabled people, whatever, you know, or any other minority you can think of, throw a wrench in that work. And so they have to dehumanize us because then if they dehumanize us, then that gives them free range to do whatever the hell they want. That's all this is about. They, if they can't, you know, um, you know, that's why they, you know, if they can't, uh, but that's why they don't want to acknowledge our existence. You know, that's why they want to make our existence as miserable as possible to try to force us to be just like them. Maybe if, you know, for, for whole ideologies, literally, hey, if we make their lives as miserable as possible, then maybe, you know, we'll, maybe they'll just be just like us, you know, um, or we, you know, just criminalize it, you know, just throw them in jail or whatever, you know, for being that way, for being born that way, you know. And that's literally the whole um, conservative view of, you know, minorities. And it's just beyond heinous, obviously. And so, yeah, um, just look at Poland, you know, how they keep pushing it as, like, for years now. They don't, they, it, not, it, even here in America, you know, um, but especially in Poland, because, you know, that's what the article's kind of talking about, you know. They talk about the LGBT agenda, the LGBT ideology. Poland has been super bigoted against LGBT people for a long time. Okay, like, they are second probably only to Russia in terms of LGBT bigotry in Europe, maybe. Um, at least I can't think of another um, European country quite that bigoted. Off the top of my head, there probably is another one, you know. Um, and, and I know so, some smart ass is emailing me or leaving a comment, you know, like England, aka Turf Island, you know, like, no. England is actually mostly supportive. It's really just basically the government and the journalist class, you know, basically just the ruling class that is against LGBT people in England. The average Joe, they, they are supportive of LGBT people. So, like, don't get me wrong. Things are definitely bad on Turf Island, okay? We're not, 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 not pretending otherwise. Um, but it's, it, it's nowhere close to Poland and Russia bad. I mean, Poland, they, LGBT, the LGBT community has just been watching for rights just erode, you know? I mean, people are, like, straight up in, in Poland talking about, you know, how they should be able to kill LGBT people, okay? Like... It's not that bad. It's not that bad in England. Like, uh, I'm sorry, Turf Island. We 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 don't use that e word. Okay, that e word is a very bad word. It's Turf Island. But um, Russia, you know, is of course absolutely the worst at it. Um, yeah, I I I really I'm not you know I'm not gonna pretend like I'm super like you know in tune you know with the LGBT community there you know, but at least from my outsider perspective doesn't seem like there's much hope for the LGBT community in Russia. Poland at least has some, not, you know, it's fading, but it at least has some hope of, you know, kind of getting something good. But yeah, it's, it's still kind of mostly probably kind of dire in Poland, if we're being honest. But yeah, so... The EU taking a strong stand, you know, which is pretty darn good, I would say, um, you know, for the LGBT community. Um, and yeah, let's just uh, kind of move on from there. So this article is from LGBTQ Nation. GOP lawmakers remove LGBTQ bill, pe sorry, people um, from hate crimes bill with worst possible excuse. Yeah, if 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 you know anything about American politics, um, I think you could probably guess what that excuse is right now, um, and has to do with religion. Anyway, um, 
Republican lawmakers in South Carolina removed sexual orientation and gender identity from the list of protected categories in for hate crimes bill yesterday. Um, yesterday being March 11th. Um, let's see um, when this article was written. Not 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 when I'm recording this, but um, yeah. I it, like why did why didn't they just say March 11th forever? Um, anyway, um, where was I? Um, where was it? Uh, oh, yeah. Partly out of unfounded fear that religious people would be punished under it. The mere fact in 2021 that there is any disagreement on whether gays should be included in a hate crime bill is indicative of why we need the bill, said State Representative Justin Bamberg, a Democrat. It, yeah, exactly. Like, come on, people. Really? Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one of the most targeted groups in America shouldn't be protected in a hate crimes bill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, ma ma makes sense. You know? Um, anyway, South Carolina is one of only three states that doesn't have a hate crimes bill at all, and the state legislature trying to remedy that this year. The bill would enhance penalties for certain crimes if they are committed because of hatred towards a protected category. Murder and violent crimes would carry up to five years more in prison if they are hate crimes. Stalking and harassment would, would get perpetrators three more years more, and people who vandalize out of hatred could get an extra year in prison. Um, like other hate crime bills in the U.S. who would not punish people for actions that are otherwise legal, just things that are already crimes. And it doesn't punish speech just by itself. If someone shouts slurs while assaulting another person, that's evidence that the, evidence, the assault was motivated by hate, not a crime in and of itself. So, yeah, just to debunk this um, nut job conservative uh talking point that hate crimes, you know, is a completely made up, you know, and that for just adding crimes, um, you know, to the list of crimes or whatever, you know, that for just making up crimes. Like, no, this is just fervor enhancing for already existing laws, you know, like for not making up new crimes or anything. Anyway, um, so that didn't stop the South Carolina House Judiciary Committee from voting to remove sexual orientation, gender identity, and age from the list of protected categories. Because, you know, it just had to be despicable. Like, we, oh gosh. The bill now only covers race, color, religion, sex, national origin, and physical or mental disability. Y you know, they was probably crying and gnashing of teeth at, you know... Um, at, at allowing national origin to be covered, you know, seeing how much conservatives love to harass uh, Muslims and Asian people, a.k.a. China people. Because, you know, if you're Asian, you're Chinese, according to conservatives. And, the China, you know, and, you know, China is now associated with, you know, COVID. You know, I mean, I'm just saying Asian hate crimes are up quite a bit. So, um, they're targeting anybody who looks Asian, um, just because, you know, Donald Trump had that horrendous, um, talking point about COVID, about it being, you know, the China flu and all that stuff. So now a bunch of bigots are attacking anyone who looks Asian because, because, hey, you're why we have COVID. Your existence is a disease. It's it, it's abhorrent. So you know there had to be some crying and nationality at adding national origin to it. Is what? No, I should be able to harass and you know beat up people for being Asian because we're just walking, talking, you know, COVID viruses. Yeah, you, you know somebody was like that. Okay, like you just know it. Um. Anyway, the FBI has stated that hate crimes against LGBTQ people are on the rise. Yeah. Okay. We're already like. We're in March already. What? We're in March? And I think there's been at least eight trans people killed this year. Like, we are going... Like, last year, we we have set a record, I think, for most trans people killed for several years now. And last year, we, we destroyed the previous record. We are on track to destroy last year's record. I mean, it's horrifying. People are literally targeting LGBT people. And not even only that, like... The scariest thing is, like, this is actually a thing that's been going on. People are pretending 
to be supportive of um, trans people or LGBT people in general, but especially trans people, literally for the sole purpose of killing us. Like, this is an actual thing they found in quite a few of the murders um, last year and even the last few years is that these people who killed a trans person um, literally pretended to be accepting just so that they could, you know, the trans person would let their guard down so that they could kill them. It, it's absolutely horrifying. It's, yeah. And the fact that, 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 that these asshole conservatives would take being LGBT off a protected list, of, you know, off the hate crimes list, you know? It's just horrifying. It really shows just who these people are. Um, anyway, um, hate crimes against LGBT people are on the rise. If we can't count on our representatives to pass a hate crime bill that actually includes one of the communities most impacted by hate-motivated crimes, then what's the point of this bill? Chase Glenn at the South Carolina Alliance for Full Acceptance told the AP. House Judiciary Chairman Chris Murphy, a Republican, of course, said that he believes that LGBT protections should have stayed in the bill, but there just isn't support from Republicans in the chamber to keep them in there. Oh, my God. The goal is to get a bill we're going to be able to pass. Yeah, uh, anyway. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to say that comment. I'm not going to say that. Uh, And a subcommittee chairman, Weston Newton, a Republican, of course, said that this changes nothing because the word sex should include LGBTQ people. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, you do not get to weasel out of it like that. Okay, here's what's going to happen. I guarantee it. Like, I will bet money on this. Like, I will bet, like, every damn dollar I have on this that what we're going to do if they get away with that little stupid-ass reasoning is we're going to say, oh, LGBT people are covered by sex. You know, we're not going to put it into the bill itself. And so that whenever this actually gets legislated, they can argue the exact opposite. That's exactly what we're going to do. I am calling it right here and now. We're saying it now so that we can go back on forward later when this actually gets legislated. And say, no, sex doesn't count that way. If, if it meant sex, you know, we would have said that in the bill. That's exactly what we're going to do. This is per, this is conservative playbook 101, okay? Like, I guarantee you that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, Let's see. It, it's taken out. So, yeah, Weston Newton, a despicable little person, weasel, liar, said it's taken out those specific labels in the bill. But then there's United States Supreme Court president decided last year that the word sex includes more than just sex. That includes the, the homosexuality and transgender. Yeah, once again, we're, we're going to legislate this. You better believe it. And we're going to argue the exact opposite. You better believe that. Since when have conservatives given a shit about what the Supreme Court says unless it goes their way? Okay, like when? When have they ever cared? I mean, look how we're still trying to legislate um, Roe v. Wade. You know, we're trying to legislate, um, you know, uh, gosh, whatever was that decision that allowed gay marriage and all that stuff, you know. Um, that, that The other one that required Hobby Lobby um, to give, you know, support um I you know to cover um birth control with her insurance or whatever you know stuff like that no they, they don't give a flying crap about what the Supreme Court said we're going to legislate this we're going to pretend the moment this gets passed that sex doesn't cover that that's how they work they don't care what the Supreme Court said they believe ever above this the law they genuinely believe that. Um, anyway, yeah, and of course, you know, here's one of the things that they said, you know, during the debate on the bill, Christian Casorda said they were worried that they could be arrested for hate crimes if they preach about homosexuality. There we go. There we have it. Um, they were basically, you know, they, first off, they don't understand what hate crime bills are. Second, 
all they want to do is harass gay people. And don't get me wrong. They, they, they don't, they're not really worried, most of them, especially the lawmakers. Like, okay, the lawmakers know what hate crime bills are. The average Joe conservative has no idea what a hate crime bill is. They actually believe, the average Joe believes that, you know, if they say anybody gets homosexuality, they'd get arrested. The lawmakers, they know that's not the case. They know what hate crime bills actually are and what they aren't. Um... But the lawmakers, what they're concerned about is that they can't harass, they can't vandalize a gay couple's house anymore, and that their constituents can't sit there and physically assault trans people. That's what they're, what they're afraid about. Okay? Because believe me, these people hate LGBT people. May, please make no mistake about that. I know, somebody's like, you're arguing about faith. No, this is literally what they want. Okay, I used to be a, a member of this far-right group, okay? Like, I was somebody who took Alex Jones seriously, okay? That's who I used to be, you know? I was someone who hated immigrants, you know, took Alex Jones seriously, you know, thought, you know, went back when I was trying to repress my, you know, trans identity, you know, thought, you know, did everything I, you know, I, I, I used to say things like LGBT people should be stoned. You know, I used to say that. That's where I used to be because I was so damn desperate not to be trans. Okay. That used to be me. Yeah, I have been a part of so many conservative forums. I have been on, you know, forums and discussions and all that stuff about LGBT people. No, they want to harass. They want to attack. They want to kill LGBT people. Just go, just find a conservative internet forum where they don't have any moderation and you're going to see that. They will openly say it as long as, you know, it's not something that is banned by, you know, the site's rules. Okay, this is what they want. They're not quiet about it in their own groups. Like, that's all they want. That's why you don't LGBT people do, do this, you know? Like, yeah. It is absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah, it, this is just evil. J j why, watch all of this, you know, what we're saying right now just get eroded in North Carolina. Things are going to get worse for the LGBT community in North Carolina. Believe me on that. Anywho, um, let me see. Which article... Do I want to do next? Um, yeah, let's let's do this one. So this is also from LGBTQ Nation. Alabama schools teach that homosexuality is wrong. That could change soon. Anyway, um, so Alabama lawmakers could finally end the state's requirement that schools that teach about human sexuality teach that homosexuality is unacceptable, unhealthy, and illegal. Schools in the state don't have to teach sex education, but if they do, they have to include a certain they have to include certain issues. One of them is an emphasis in a factual manner and from public health perspective that homosexuality is not a lifestyle acceptable to the general public and that homosexual conduct is a criminal offense under the laws of the state, which is just absolutely important. Anyway, um, when they asked if schools actually teach that, State Representative Laura Hall, a Democrat, a former teacher, told AL.com, I hope not, but I couldn't tell you that it's not. Now Hall is trying to get that section repealed, language striking down that requirement for sex education in the state was included in larger bill about sex education, HB 385. It passed the Alabama House in a 69 to 30 vote. It was just trying to make the language appropriate and scientifically correct, she said. That's why we also changed some definitions or words. Others have tried to strike down the language in recent years, but her bills couldn't get through the state legislature. Hulse had the debate on her bill stayed away from the section on homosexuality. We didn't let it become a controversial part, she said. It was more emphasis on bringing it in line with terms that are being used today. The bill also updates some language in state requirements for sex education. It changes AIDS, HIV, sexually transmitted diseases, sexually transmitted infections, unwanted pregnancy to unintended pregnancy, and the importance of self-control and ethical conduct pertaining to sexual behavior. And to, oh, sorry, 
um, and on the import, importance of sexual self-control and ethical conduct pertaining to sexual behavior to delaying sexual activity and discouraging risky sexual behavior. If the law passes, the state will still require schools to teach that abstinence is the only a completely effective protection against unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, you know, for, forget birth control, you know, that that doesn't exist, apparently. Um, and that abstinence from sexual intercourse outside of lawful marriage is the expected social standard for unmarried school-aged persons. Oh, my gosh. Um, according to Power to Decide, Alabama's 10th highest teen pregnancy rate in the U.S. Hmm, I wonder why. Just, just reading all of this, I, I wonder why that is. Can you figure it out? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe that, um, yeah, um, th this Christian conservative um, talking point about abstinence doesn't really work that well. Um, maybe it's more effective to teach people safe sex and to, you know, promote birth control. You know, maybe that's more effective, you know, instead of, yeah, just, just don't have sex, you know, just don't have it, you know. And, you know, condoms, what are those? Oh, yeah, um, those things. Uh, yeah, you don't need to know about those. Yeah, why, why do you need to know about condoms? Wait till you're married. Oh, wait, you're pregnant now and you're a teen because you didn't know about condoms and we didn't teach you how to have safe sex? Oh, gee, who could have seen that happening? Yeah, so just, just, just so bad. Did people, this is why, why conservative, Christian conservative views on sex and sex education are just so important and they never work, okay? It never works. Like, I, like they love to crow about how it's so morally ethical, and yet it always falls flat on everyone's face. Yet, do they care? No, because they just want to force you to live like them. That's all they want. They don't care about whether it's effective or not. Anyway, so yeah, um, definitely a very good first step in Alabama. Um, clearly not far enough, you know, but... Once again, first up, you know, this is a super conservative state, you know. It's going to be some really excruciatingly small baby steps there. But, and this is a very good um, first baby step in Alabama. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next article. Also from LGBTQ Nation. College athletes demand NCAA cancel tournaments and set ban trans athletes. College athletes from around the country are demanding that, they, that the National Collegiate Athletic Association, NCAA, yank championships and events in states in a pass or are considering banning transgender people from school sports. Idaho passed a law last year, while the governor of Mississippi signed a similar bill this morning. South Dakota's legislature has passed another version of the ban, and, another, and the governor is expected to sign it. Several other states are considering similar measures, which is just absolutely abhorrent. Okay, they don't give a flying crap about women's sports. First off, if they cared about women's sports, they would let trans women compete in women's sports, because, you know, trans women are women. And second... No, like, this is, all they want is trans people to go away. This, this is just another way to try to shove trans people back in the closet. That's all this is, because bands have no basis in reality. Um, trans women are not dominate women's sports. There's literally no evidence for this. And the science is out. Trans women are not at some great unfair advantage over cis women. That's just ridiculous. And even if they were, who cares for women? Like, come on. Like, let, 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 yeah. yeah, like saying, you know, arguing that, you know, that we had to give a crap about like, you know, like being fair or whatever, you know, like first of all, that's stupid. Sports is not about being fair. Like if we cared about fair, Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt wouldn't have ever been able to compete. Okay. Like, come on. Let's think about this. And second, you know, you're making a distinction between unfair distinction between women. Like it's, it's stupid. Uh, anyway. So yeah, you know, these athletes know what's up, you know, and, and for, you know, and so we're trying to pressure the NCAA to do something about it and hit them where it hurts, which is economically. The NCAA is allegedly supports transgender athletes and welcomes them, but it has so far 
stayed mostly silent on the issue of state legislatures nationwide target trans teens and college students with draconian legislation strip away for right to participate in sports. We, the undersigned NCAA student athletes, are extremely frustrated and disappointed by the lack of action taken by the NCAA to recognize the dangers of hosting events in states that create a hostile environment for student athletes. Over 500 athletes wrote in an open letter to NCAA President Mark Emeritt, uh, Emmert, I'm sorry, I think it's Emmert, and the NCAA Board of Governors. You have been silent in the face of hateful legislation in states that are slated to host championships. Even even though those states are close to passing anti-transgender legislation. The athletes span different sports and at least 85 schools around the nation. The NCAA continues to closely monitor state bills that impact transgender student-athlete participation. The group responded in a statement to Sports Illustrated. The NCAA believes diversity inclusion improved the learning environment and encourages its member colleges and universities to support the well-being of all student-athletes. It is imperative that we know um, we are safe and supported in the NCAA no matter where we travel compete, the letter from Athletes Red. The NCAA claims to prioritize safety, excellence, and physical will, physical and emotional well-being of its students, athletes, and asserts that all athletes deserve a fair shot. However, it is impossible for female athletes to feel safe and supported in environments wherever personal identity and integrity is questioned. Amen. Amen. So yeah, hopefully the NCAA finally stops, you know, just hiding behind the claw, hiding in the closet on us, and actually does something. Um, that would be really, really nice because trans, you know, these college athletes, most of, like all of them, I think, are Pisces. They know what's up. They know that the only fair way is to allow trans athletes to compete. You know, they don't have a problem with this. And they're the ones actually competing, but it, it, no, these these Christian sort of bigots who don't never cared about crap about women's sports and wish women's sports weren't a thing because they believe women should be pregnant, barefoot, and in the kitchen. Um, you know they don't know anything about this stuff, but they believe that they that their morality, you know, trumps everything. So yeah, you know, hopefully the NCAA finally steps in and says, yeah, you know what, screw you, screw you, you don't get to be a bigot, you know, we're not going to um, economically reward you for your bigotry. You know, we have we have trans athletes who are competing for us. We care, we, we want them to feel safe and welcome. Screw you states who refuse to allow them to compete. That's what the NCAA needs to do. We'll see if they do. Anyway, um, let us get into good news now. Uh, Maryland House unanimously passes bill to ban LGBTQ panic defense. All right, so this is from the Washington Blade. And so first off, um, if you don't know what a panic defense law is, uh, basically what it is is um, if a gay person hits on a straight person, the straight person can legally kill the gay person and then use that as a defense, you know, claim that they, that the being hit on made them panicked. And so that their only recourse was to kill the gay person. And that is a legal valid defense that allows them to go after murder of the gay person. Then when it comes to trans people, you know, they can have sex with the trans person or, you know, or buy to have sex and then, discuss, and then claim that they didn't know. That the trans person was tricking them and that, you know, created panic. And so they killed that trans person and that is a legal defense that allows them to get away with the murder of trans people. Just absolutely abhorrent. But yeah, so we're starting from the article. The Maryland House of Delegates on Wednesday unanimously passed a bill that would ban the so-called LGBTQ panic defense in the state. No Marylander should be denied justice because of who they are. State Delegate Julie Palakovich, Carr, Democrat from Montgomery County, the bill sponsor, told the Washington Blade. The unanimous passage at HB 231 by the House reaffirms that LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. And I look forward to the Senate acting on the bill so that Maryland can join a growing list of states that have passed this important protection. House Bill 231 would ban a defendant's use of the quote-unquote, discovery of a victim's gender identity or sexual orientation as a defense to the crime of assault in any degree. 
The bill was previously introduced during the 2020 session, which was shortened due to the pandemic. It was passed in the House last year with one dissenting vote from state delegate Neil Parrott, Republican, of course, from Washington County. Parrott on Wednesday voted for HB 231, newly state delegate Brenda Thiam, I'm guessing, um, Republican of Washington County. I still backed it. Everyone's life, no matter your skin, color, race, national origin, sex, gender identity, or sexual orientation, um, Thiam told the Blade. Hopefully more bills can be a unanimous vote on political affiliations won't matter. Yeah, that would be a wonderful world, wouldn't it? Where political affiliation didn't wasn't a issue when it came to defending people's lives. You know, when it came to defending people against unfair and unlawful discrimination because of how they were born. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, it, it, political affiliation does matter because half the country wants to see, you know, minorities dead and gone. It'd be beautiful. But yeah, um, bravo to Maryland. Um, hopefully that this, you know, uh, you know, passes both houses and Maryland bans the panic defense. You know, every state should have banned it by now. But in fact, they should never have passed. But unfortunately, this is a country that rewards bigotry. We... We, if you, we, we, I mean, we really do reward bigotry in this country. And if you get a little too effective in speaking out against the bigotry, then we just kill you. You know, there is no benefit in this country to being anti-bigotry. There's only a benefit to being pro-bigotry in this country. Anyway, um, let us move on to an issue that actually just really needs to be talked more about in the LGBT community, and that is our seniors, especially in regards to long-term health facilities. Um, well, thankfully, New Jersey is doing something about it, and so we actually had this article from LGBTQ Nation. A new law is in place throughout the state of New Jersey that sets protections for LGBTQ people and, um, and people living with HIV that reside in long-term health care facilities. Governor Phil Murphy, a Democrat, signed SB 200 and sorry, 2545, originally Assembly Bill 2488, into law on March 3rd. Lawmakers are debating new legislation as to LGBTQIA plus senior Bill of Rights, and it establishes certain requirements concerning rights for senior citizens being cared for in the Garden State. The bill unanimously passed through the Democratic State Senate and only had one nay vote in the Assembly said that there was even one vote against it. Just, just how despicable do you have to be? Um, today's bill signing underscores the commitment to our LGBTQI plus older adults and people living with HIV in long-term care facilities by providing critical protections from discrimination. No one should ever feel ashamed for who they are and everyone should be able to live with the dignity and equality that they deserve, Governor Murphy said in a statement announcing its signing. The state's health commissioner, Judith Persicelli, Persicelli, I have no idea how to pronounce it, commented, um, this new civil rights law ensures that LGBTQI plus residents in long-term care facilities have equitable access to health care and provides the same legal protections as everyone else, regardless of her sexual orientation or health status. The law officially bans discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity at long-term care facilities in the state. It also outlaws nine other actions that would be considered discrimination if taken by a healthcare facility workers based on a resident's identity. They include denying admission to, transferring, discharging, or evicting someone, assigning or reassigning of someone's room, not honoring a resident's request for change in the room assignment, repeatedly failing to use a resident's chosen name or pronouns despite being informed, preventing them from using a restroom, denying someone for chosen attire, clothing or accessories, providing unequal medical or non-medical care, declining to provide care, and restriction of visitation. Because unfortunately, these are very, very serious issues and problems with our senior LGBT senior community. Um, they really do have to worry about this, and that's absolutely horrifying. Like, I mean, we're, we're already vulnerable just being LGBT, but also being seniors. Like, it's so hard for them to be able to take care of themselves. And 
this kind of discrimination is so damn rampant and long-term care facilities like it is extremely rampant long-term care facilities do not respect um lgbt people like pretty much at all so unfortunately this is so beyond needed i mean just so beyond needed and needs to roll across the nation because this is actually a pretty damn serious issue and the lgbt community really needs to focus more on this because yeah this just can't stand Anywho, uh, continuing on with the article, a 2018 survey conducted by AARP found that more than 60% of LGBTQ adults over 45 years old have concerns about long-term care facilities and possible neglect, abuse, harassment, and limited LGBTQ-specific services. Yeah, and they have those concerns for good reason. Um, anyway, fervor. Last year's National Poll on Healthy Aging, conducted by the University of Michigan and sponsored by AARP, asked more than 2,000 adults um, of age 50 to 80 about her experiences. A shocking 82% said they experienced at least one form of ageism in their day-to-day lives. Just, just, just abhorrent and good for New Jersey for doing something about this. Um, definitely quite a bit needed. Anyway, the final story we have today, um, before we get to the next segment, where we'll just kind of chill out, cool, you know, talk some fun stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, so this article, um, LGBTQ Nation, Biden administration declares anti-LGBTQ credit discrimination illegal. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, under the direction of the Biden administration, has announced it will now include discrimination on the basis of gender, identity, or sexual discrimination within discrimination outlawed by the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, the ECOA. The CFPB is implementing President Joe Biden's executive order from his first day in office, which directed federal agencies to interpret bans on discrimination based on sex to include LGBTQ people in line with the Supreme Court's Bostock decision from last year. The ECOA and Regulation B ban discrimination on the basis of sex in any aspect of a credit transaction. CFPB's acting director, David Yugio, I'm guessing it's pronounced, I have no idea, um, appointed by Biden, said, stated, in issuing this interpretive rule, we're making it clear that lenders cannot discriminate based on sexual orientation or gender identity. The CFPB will ensure that consumers are protected against such discrimination and provided equal opportunities in credit. The issuance of the interpretive rule means that the Bureau will interpret existing laws and policies with a common understanding rather than creating new or circumventing existing laws and policies. It will be the position of the CFPB responsible for enforcing the ECOA, among other federal consumer finance regulations, that anti-LGBTQ discrimination is not legal for anyone under jurisdiction. Being rejected for a credit application by your lender or lending service because of your identity will not now not be allowed. This prohibition also covers discrimination based on actual or perceived nonconformity with traditional sex or gender-based stereotypes and discrimination based on an applicant's social or other association, CFPB stated. Um, so, yeah, very good news. The Biden administration is at looking out for the LGBT um, community. Um, he, he is a true ally. I have so many problems with Biden, like, you know, bombing Syria, you know, um, lying about the $2,000 checks, you know, claiming, like, he literally said, in you know, when campaigning for the two Georgia senators, literally said that they would pass $2,000 checks. Like, that, he actually said $2,000 checks. Then all of a sudden, you know, it changed to the moment they won. Um, oh, no, we meant 1400 you know, 2000 and 1400 you know, um, totally the same. Yeah, uh-huh, um, and stuff like that, you know. Um, and he said a lot of other reporting things, you know, I've even talked about some of them on my YouTube channel. But there's one thing I cannot criticize him for, and that has been how supportive he has been of the, the LGBT community. So, yeah, keep that up. You know, I totally applaud him for that. So, yeah, let's um, hear from our sponsor, you know, take a quick break. And then we'll be back for the final segment where we'll just kind of, you know, chill out a little bit. So before we go on our merry way. So, yeah, we'll be back. 
Okay, so we are back. Um, probably the first thing I wanted to talk about in this segment is the new NF song. So, if you don't follow me on Twitter or, you know, ha- I haven't watched any of my um, YouTube videos, I'll try to remember to put the links to both my Twitter and my YouTube in the description. But, um... I you and you may not know that I am a huge NF fan. He has been my favorite artist for for years now. Um, discovered him with the when he released a little after he released the album Therapy Session. And so yeah, I've been hyped up to see kind of what he where where he goes. Um, and he announced a new mixtape, you know, about a month ago. And it's coming out in just about a week or two from now. I think about, yeah, maybe about two weeks from now. Um, and it's called Clouds. And he has released two singles from it. Clouds. And this past Friday, um, Lost, featuring Hobson. Yeah, um, wasn't exactly expecting that feature but you know he also has a song on the on the mixtape with tech nine which is kind of surprising okay i guess not too surprising tech nine did show up at that one nf concert took a photo with him and futuristic and like tech was like saying and and tech kind of clearly came across as a nf fan but hobson was definitely kind of a surprise um so there, there are a few questions going into this song because, like, I think that this was probably every NS fan's most anticipated song from the mixtape, like the one that everybody was the most curious to hear. Um, and one of those was going to be: was this song going to be explicit or not? You know, because Hobson cusses, NF doesn't. So. Were you going to hear any cuss words? And of course, the answer was no. NF apparently has the clout to tell Hop not to cuss. But yeah, you know, it was a interesting song. Um, some some of the thoughts I have on it. Number one, the instrumental, good as always. But oh my god, all the beats sound the same now. Like the old day, because like every damn song now. Is produced by Tommy Prophet and Saint X. Um, back in the old days, <laughs> and that is up through you know like perception. Um, there were several producers. David Garcia was another producer for NF. He didn't do that many songs, but he at least did a few songs in album, and it really added a lot of variety um to the to the beat making and plus Tommy Prophet himself was a bit more versatile in what he did for beats himself and um yeah you know and and I really enjoyed um like Mansion probably went a bit too overboard and different styles I felt like um therapy session and especially perception were pretty good in terms of variety, especially um perception, you know. I, I looked at perception like, okay, the future is bright, you know. Uh, we had a variety of different types of songs and they are pretty good darn good, you know. And then the search came out and that you no, know, it didn't happen. He went straight back to being Basically, let's be honest, kind of one note. Like, I'm sorry. Like, as much as I love NF and I enjoy listening to the album, The Search, it's not a good album. Like, okay, you can, like, you can enjoy something and know it's not good. Like, I'm sorry. Objectively, The Search is not good. It really is one note. If you were to play every damn instrumental and have me guess which ones were which, outside of, like, maybe a few songs like Time... Because, you know, Time was, like, such a big single um, and was played was played on the radio. Um, I, I, I honestly could not tell you which song was which. Now, you go back to Therapy Session or even Blade Perception or Mansion and you were to play just the instrumental, I could tell you exactly what song that was, like, within the first few notes. Like, okay, but Search... I mean, maybe, like, I could probably guess, um, maybe, basically the singles. I could probably guess the singles. Um, yeah, you know, The Search, uh, Leave Me Alone, Time, Nate. Was there another single? I don't, I don't think, I don't think there was, no. Or, 
no, not Nate. What was I thinking? When I grow up, when I grow up was, um, do you have her single? Not Nate. Um, anyway, but like, I couldn't guess what they were, um, you know, and as much and like, once again, Tommy Prophet and St. X are fantastic producers. Okay. They are top tier, um, yeah, I mean, for, for, for they, 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 what they do, they do very well. Unfortunately, there's just no diversity anymore. Every damn song sounds exact, pretty much the same. And it's just like, I kind of, like, just want variety, I know. And, like, in some ways, you're kind of getting a bit more variety. Like, there seems to be a bit more humor in NF's more recent songs, actually Clouds, you know, um... The music video itself is just fire, okay? Like, I just want to say, like, I'm already calling it right now. The music video for Clouds is, like, music video of the year, okay? Like, I'm just saying. Um, especially that, that 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 one scene where um, he when he's, when he's in the grocery store, he walks up to the little girl in the cart, holds out her hit sorry, holds out his hands to, to high-five her. She doesn't high-five him back of any high-fives himself, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a good moment, okay? But, you know, but in the song itself, you know, I really enjoyed kind of seeing a bit more of a humor side, especially, you know, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was like, eek, eek, not everybody comes around like, homie, y'all better back away slowly, back away slowly. You know, I, I, I enjoyed seeing NFB a bit more humorous, you know, uh, especially after the search, you know, and just how dark that album was, you know, it, it kind of had like therapy session all over again, to be honest, you know, um, but yeah, you know, it, and it's just like, I, I, I want to hear more variety in Ty's songs, more variety in the instrumentals, you know, there needs to be more producers, okay, even Eminem didn't have Dr. Dre for every damn song, but I never think about Dr. Dre, though, even if he did, you know, it's Dr. Dre, like, at least back then, you know, every, like, you didn't do the exact same beat over and over again. Like, there was a variety, especially because Eminem was a king of doing different types of songs, you know. One song would be, like, super serious. Like, think of, of the Eminem show, okay? The Eminem show is Eminem's best album. It's not, and it's, I'm sorry, it's not really even all that close. I'm sorry. Um, th Think of that one, you know. There was, um... Cleaning out my, you know, there, there, there are some ultra serious songs. Cleaning out my closet. Um, trying to think. Um, oh gosh, I, I am blanking on that album now. Um, oh god, what was that song? Have they had the Aerosmith instrumental too? Oh yeah, sing for the um, sing for the moment or whatever that was. I don't remember the name of the Eminem version of that. Was it sing for the moments? I don't think it was. Um, the name of the Eminem version of the song, but you know, it had it was the one that the Aerosmith um instruments whole, but he also had like just straight up humor songs, you know, um, kind of like Superman, um, which in my opinion has one of the best flows in any rap song. Period. I I, I love listening to that song just for the flow. Um, he has in that. It's just so good. Um, and then let's see. You know, um, and then there's kind of like the more irreverent songs, you know, for not necessarily comical. He's just kind of being a bit more irreverent, you know, um, like um, that. Uh, what was that? This song? I, I, I straight up blanking on the names of these songs. It's been too long since I've listened to it. It's probably been close to a year. I need to listen to the album again. But yeah, you know, it, it, he had a variety on the album, you know, um, and but. NF, he's not doing that, and I, I'm saying this because I love NF and his music. I, I, there needs to be more variety. There needs to be more producers. He, you, you need to do more different types of songs. Okay. I, once again, you know, like Clouds was actually not not Clouds. Sorry, Cloud was this kind of okay song. Okay, I'm probably not listening to Clouds all that much. Um. But Lost, oh my god, that song was amazing. Like, I okay, 
I okay, I am going to be listening to Lost like on repeat for a long time, okay? I'm not gonna lie. That song was pretty dope. And that's mainly because of Hobson, because NS verse was good. But if it was just an after whole song, eh, I mean, it would have been a good song, you know, but Hop really added a dimension to it. And so one of the things, you know, I definitely noticed was Hop was somehow managed to not be corny, which it, that's one of my big problems with Hopson. He is super corny. Like, here's the thing. Hopson, I actually think, has the potential to be one of the greats of all time. I think he does. I really do. Okay, rhyme schemes and flow are just immaculate. Like, oh my gosh. There are very few rappers who have rhyme schemes as good as Hobson. The guy is just the master of the rhyme scheme. Uh, and uh, he, he's on a whole other level of pretty much any rapper out there, you know. Um, but And his flow is ju can just be godlike at times. Like, I remember, like, what, like, for me, like, one of the greatest flows ever was at the end of his song, Picasso, where um, in the music video, it's when he's beating up the security guard in that museum or whatever, you know. Like, that's me trying to kind of do the flow. Like, and I'm butchering it, you know. You gotta hear it for yourself, but, you know, it's it's saying part of the music video is beating up the museum guard at the very end. Like, the flow in that, like, oh my gosh. I remember the first time I heard that, and it was like, oh my. He, he's got he's got a God's ear flow. <laughs> Um, but you know, like, and but the problem is with Hobson, he just goes for the cringy. He just goes for the corny all the time. Even in Picasso, like the song was corny, <laughs> like amazing flow. Like I think it's like once again, like I think that like the flow right at the end of the song, you know, before the final hook, was just oh my gosh, so good. And but. <laughs> He just goes for the corny all the time. And then even when he's not being corny, he's just being a bitch. <laughs> like, he just, com he just comes across as a big complaining whiner all the time. And look, I get it. The guy's had a rough life. But at some point, you just stop complaining about every little thing. And, you know, and, and so, like, I actually liked how he presented it here in the song, you know. He talked about how hard his life is bad, but he did it without complaining for once and without being corny. Like, this is the Hobson I want to hear, you know? Um, and he, in my opinion, he kind of stole the show. Like, it was an amazing verse for, it's just made out for an amazing song overall. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely like the song. I want to make that clear. But, like, it's symptomatic of a problem of a song that sounds too much like, like, pretty much any other NF song, and really got bailed out because of the feature of an amazing feature by Hobson, which is something I did not expect. I, I, I was expecting to come into a song, hear an amazing NF verse, and then, you know, hear a technically proficient Hobson verse, you know, amazing rhyme schemes, God's here flow, but just cringe and just hear a completely cringe-worthy verse from Cop. And no, he didn't. And, like, can, can we get more of this, Hobson, please? Please, can we just get more of this? Now I'm kind of interested to hear the Tech 9 feature um, coming up in the album, on the mixtape, actually, sorry. Because um, Tech 9 is another one who just so corny, just so corny. And it's just a shame because, like, Tech, I think, also has the skills to be one of the greats. But he just doesn't. Oh, gosh. Because he just because he relies on the gimmick of rapping fast. And, and, and not just rapping fast. Like, rapping fast by its own is not bad. Unfortunately, he oftentimes has nothing to say when rapping fast. And he could just be downright corny in his songs. Yeah, just show some bad, bad judgment, you know, like like on his last album, Interfere, where um, where where he had, where where he featured a thirteen-year-old Brandon Fry on a sex song. Like, dude, why, why, why do you have the thirteen-year-old on a sex song? 
Like, really, you couldn't have done that on a different song and album. Like, I know they had that previous song and the album together, but it's like, if you're going to have them for a second time around, could you not do it on a sex song? Like, why? Why, why buddy? Why? Like, oh, gosh. Whatever. Um, So, yeah, you know, it, it, definitely an interesting song. I, I, you know, and, but yeah, I would, I'd like to hear NF kind of do a bit more variety and type of songs. But yeah, so just kind of wanted to talk about, about that. Um, you know, being a big NF fan. Um, probably the last thing I'm going to talk about is Bethesda. So, in the world of gaming, I am a big gamer. Um, Bethesda, you know, the makers of Elder Scrolls, the current owners of Fallout, you know, they're the ones that do Doom, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, you know, and for the ones that are coming out with the upcoming Starfield. They have been bought out by Microsoft. And the deal finally finalized. Um, yeah, so basically what's going to happen is upcoming Bethesda games are going to be Microsoft exclusives, you know, meaning... Um, Xbox, PC, and xCloud. And uh, legacy games, you know, the, the stuff they've already released will, you know, continue being on um, multi-plat, you know, like whatever re-release they do of Skyrim and stuff like that. Because, you know, they've they got to re- always be releasing Skyrim. It's like on every damn thing at this point. It's, it's like Doom. It's on everything. You know, it's Doom, Tetris, um, Rayman, um, 2, and Skyrim. Those games are on everything these days. Like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. But yeah, you know, so Bethesda, bought out by Microsoft. Games are going to be exclusive to Microsoft platforms. But look, I want to make it clear. I am an Xbox fangirl. I, I, I love the Xbox, um, ecosystem, you know, um, I, you know, Crackdown is my favorite franchise of them. I know I'm the only one and crazy. Um, Joy Halo, you know, I used to not be a big Halo fan, but as I've been replaying through them to, you know, kind of get ready for Halo Infinite, because, like, I always enjoyed Halo 3. Like, Halo 3 is one of my favorite games ever, you know, but, like, the other ones, eh. Like, I have actually been falling in love with Halo, other Halo games. So yeah, you know, I enjoy Halo. I, I'm going to be honest, you know, I've talked about this in the last episode, I believe, um, where I, I don't like Gears of War, you know, never got into it, you know, love Forza, Fable, you know, stuff like that. But I really, really don't like the thought of Bethesda being exclusive to Xbox. And I, I'm going to say something that's just, like, I know it's just straight up heresy in gaming circles. And that is, I don't like exclusives. I do not like exclusives at all. If I were in control of everything, you would see Kratos on Xbox. You'd see Master Chief on PlayStation, you know, and you'd see um, like Zelda on PC, you know, and whatever, I don't know, like whatever big PC exclusive there is on Switch, because I don't really know, because I don't play PC games outside of, like, really old ones, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I don't like exclusives. I think for, I think it's a shitty um, thing for the consumer, you know? Like, I think it is super anti-consumer. Um, and I am all about the consumer making things more convenient for the consumer. So I don't like the fact that I have to buy your, spend several hundred bucks just to play like one game. Like for instance, like I don't really care much for PlayStation, but I do like Ratchet and Clank. You know, I got a PlayStation 2, um, I've played all the uh, Ratchet and Clanks on there, you know, and I really enjoy it, you know, but it was like, I don't like the fact, like I hate it. I'm going to have to go out there at some point, find a PlayStation 3 just so I could play Ratchet and Clank because like. The ones on there because like there's really nothing else on PlayStation I enjoy, you know. Then at some point after that, you know, probably in about ten years or more, it's gonna be more than ten years probably. And I buy a PlayStation Five just so I can play Ratchet and Clank on you know the PlayStation Four Ratchet and Clank and all the PlayStation Five ones that will come out. Like I don't like that, you know. I I hate the fact that I'm gonna spend like this money just for these games. You know, I don't like the fact just to play Zelda, 
I gotta buy, pay 300 bucks for a, you know, Nintendo console. In addition to my Xbox, you know? I don't like the fact that just to play Halo or Crackdown 3 or, you know, Forza, I have to, you know... Um, well, okay, not anymore, you know, you can buy a PC or do uh, mobile streaming, but, you know, if I want to play some of the older, you know, games like ReCore, I had to buy an Xbox One. So, which is why, you know, just another reason why I do love Xbox so much is because I don't have to buy an Xbox to buy any of the new exclusives. You know, I can play Forza, I can play, play Fable, I can play, um, I'm trying to think, Avowed. You know, when it, when those come out um, on either my mobile phone or on a PC. Because, like, I don't like exclusives. I hate them. I think for garbage. I don't think there's... Like, I understand why they do it, but I think it's stupid. Like, here's the thing. People play buy video game consoles for Call of Duty and FIFA. Very few people, except for Nintendo fans, buy consoles for ever exclusives like nintendo is the only console where people actually give a fuck about the first party offerings um other than that like nobody no, very few people are buying playstation just so they can play god of war people buy a nintendo just so they can play mario okay people are playing up and buying a playstation or an xbox so because that's where their buddies are so they can play call of duty with them Okay, like, very few people are buying an Xbox just so they can play Gears of War. It's not saying there's none, but in the vast majority are doing it just for the FIFA, just for NBA, just for Madden, just for Call of Duty, just for Battlefield, you know, those big games. And so it's like, yeah, I, I hate the exclusive thing. I hate having to buy, <clears throat> you know, spend all this money just to you know, so I can, every damn platform, so I can play the games, you know, and it's just like, you know, like, for PlayStation consoles, like, I wait until they're, like, super far out of date, so I can buy them for less than 100 bucks, just because, like, all I want to play is Ratchet and Clank, and I don't want to spend several hundred damn dollars just to play the Ratchet and Clank games, <sighs> you know, like, I am still trying to find a good PlayStation 3, um, just so I can play those games. You know, then maybe in about 10 years when I can find a PlayStation 4 use for about 80 bucks, you know, or less. Well, no, it's going to be a lot less than that just because there was the less than, um, you know, there was the um, only the one Ratchet and Clank game. No, I think I can do it in PlayStation 4. It's PlayStation 5. You know, so about like, what, 15 years from now? Buy a PlayStation 5? I don't know. I, I don't like it, you know. And I don't, you know, and once again, even for games, I, consoles that I do buy a lot of games for, like Nintendo's, like, I don't want to do that. I just want to play everything on my damn Xbox. I'm being serious. Like, I just, yeah, I hate, I hate exclusives. I think they need to go away. So, you know, I don't like the fact that, you know, Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to Xbox. And I am an Xbox fangirl. I love Xbox. I love the ecosystem. But it's like, yeah, I don't like that, you know. Like, I would love to be able to buy, you know, future Bethesda games on my Switch. I'd love to, you know, I, I would love to do that. You know, and if I did have a PlayStation, I'd love to be able to play them on there instead, maybe. You know, I, I don't like it. You know, I, I don't like exclusives. I want to, you know, if I was in control, you know, of the universe, exclusives would be a thing of the past. Anyway, um, yeah, that's really everything I've got for today. So um, thank you all for listening. Um, you know, support this show on Patreon, Venmo, PayPal um, by going in the description box below where you can see the links. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you know, feel free to send me an email. Um, if you want to say something to be played on the show, feel free to message me. Um, I'll put a link so you can send a voicemail um, and a description box below. And yeah, um, have a wonderful day, everyone. Peace.